we have a very clear culture of never sacrificing long-term value for short-term results. We are thrilled uh, that all of you could join us today. Our, our feature today is um, co-founder and CEO of Humand. Uh, he leads uh, his team as they empower organizations to create a digital community that enhances inter-organizational relationships to promote collaboration, give voice to foster ideas, and boost pro productivity. Our speaker recently teamed up with fellow bootcamp alumni Colin Banning, CEO of TGB Consulting, uh, adding Human's unique approach to company engagement to the portfolio of services TGB provides to Central American entrepreneurs. Nico, it's a pleasure to have you with us here today. Uh, thanks so much for um, being willing to share your journey with us, and I'll hand it over to you. Hello, everyone. It's a pleasure for me to be to be here. So thank you very much for for receiving me. The idea today probably is to tell you a little bit uh, briefly about my story, how I got to where I'm now, what we are doing with with Human, and probably then have a chat with the most interesting question that that you have. So if you, if you are great, I, I will start with briefly with my story, how I got probably into creating digital products and how I got into entrepreneurship. That'd be excellent. So, well, I started the journey of building companies. Well, not actually building companies, but creating digital products when I was probably nine years old. I started playing, playing online games. So... I played a game. It it was a it was a very particular game. It was real life simulation. So basically, I got my life online on that game. I got all the cars, all the mansions I want. I was leader of the police. I was president of the nation. So I have very a lot of fun playing that game. But it came a point where I got like everything I wanted, and as an ambitious kid, I wanted more. So I wanted to be an admin of that server. So I, I was talking with the owner of, of the online server of, of this game, and he didn't want me to be admin because I was, I was too, too child, too young. I was just nine years old. So, but I wanted it pretty much. So that forced me to start learning about how to create my, my own game, my own online server. So that, that summer of school, I spent the whole summer programming, learning about trying different things. I, I was trying different tutorials, YouTube videos, and I started seeing, okay, if I change this line of code, this is what happens in the, in the game. So long story short, I, I launched my own real life simulation server, and it was the most played uh, online server of all the Hispanic countries, uh, there were thousands of users registered. I was selling, uh, with, with 10 years old, I was selling premium accounts for, for the users. And the server I was trying to be an admin in closed and, and, and we remain as the, the most played server. So with that experience, that was like the first time I made money on the internet and particularly doing something I love. Um, I came into the, it was very clear for me that my whole life, I will be building digital products for the internet. Um, so that's basically what I love to do. And at first it wasn't a company that's, uh, it was like a game. So, but the, the particular thing is that every project I started, I was everything building something on the side. Uh, at first, it was like systems that never launch. After that game, I will beat some social networks that never launch, some uh, some marketplaces, some uh, e-commerce stores. Um, but every project was getting me more experience, more uh, more traction, more results, and I was learning a lot. So that was my first experience. I had the server from nine to twelve years old. Then I focused more on, I was very bad at school. And then when I closed the server, my grades went up to the top. So I was both a, a great and a bad student at the same time, depending on the project that I was building. So 
Um, fast, forward, for, fast forward to to Human, that is my company now. Right now we we are we are a team of ten people. We are growing very fast. We we serve organizations with a private digital community that is a social network, but also allow you to perform, uh, for example, learnings, trainings, digital forms, uh, receiving your payslip, having a rich profile, um, doing inquiries for some areas of, of the company. It's a whole ecosystem to centralize the, the employee experience in, in big companies. So we, we work with very big companies like ArcelorMittal, the biggest steel producer in the world. Some we, we managed to sell to government. So we are working with, with governments in, in Argentina too. We work with nonprofit organizations that we serve our, our software. We work with also with universities. So all kinds of organizations right now are, are using Humant. And we are excited for, for the mission that we have that is to digital, digitalize communities. We believe that every organization should have that its own online private community to connect all the, all the members, uh, receive news, uh, be able to chat with any member and build relationships to, to be, us, be, be able to express and have a, a private digital place to share a space in the, in the organization. So that's what we are building with, with Human, how I, how I started into entrepreneurship. Um, probably, I don't know if you, I have two ways to go from here. So I want to hear a little bit about your questions to where we can dig deeper. Thank you so much. I actually, as an avid gamer myself, I actually really hearing about how gaming inspired you to your first project and at such a young age. Um, given all the different variety of projects you've worked on and um, uh, you know approaches you've taken, I was wondering what prompted your interest in the bootcamp program and have you found any of the tools from it to be um, particularly useful for you? Perfect. Well, I, I was very interested in doing an, an international experience um, in, in, in my studies. I, I only studied at, at Argentina, so I, I was very intrigued that what was happening at MIT, Stanford. So I saw this uh, bootcamp program and I automatically applied because I was very, uh, I, I have a lot of uh, passion in entrepreneurship. So I really wanted to have a, a link, a connection with everything that's happened at, at MIT. I saw it like the, the best, one of the best places in the world for technology innovation, especially in an, in a, in an university. Um, so I wanted to live an experience like that, uh, have like uh, international friends that are in the same page like me. So that pretty much make me convinced that the, the, the decision of doing the bootcamp was a great decision. Thank you uh, for that. That's amazing. Um, and I think we all can kind of relate to uh, that bootcamp experience and just how well um, it's kind of served us throughout our entrepreneurial journey. Uh, I want to go back to something you mentioned uh, early on. So you said when you were a kid and you were working on building out that platform, um, at that point, uh, you sold off the platform or you stopped working on the platform or the game and your grades went up, right? And and I find that funny because I think uh, a lot of us can relate to that idea that we put a lot of intense focus and effort on things we're very interested in. Um, and with that being said, um, what what kind of where what kind of sorry where along your journey um, did you kind of decide that you were going to be an entrepreneur and not uh, necessarily go into a corporate or go into a programming job, for example? Because it sounds like you know uh, that that had a huge impact on you of of that you know dedication focus to that one um, interest. Uh, and so it, it's interesting because as an entrepreneur. We all wear many different hats. So would love to get your thoughts on kind of at what point you decided that being an entrepreneur was your path. Amazing. I, I love this question. Well, it, it kind of naturally happened. I never took like a formal decision. I will be an entrepreneur. Uh, I just started the journey of building digital products. Every product was a little bit bigger, had a little bit more impact. 
So every experience taught me a lot and, and taught me how to build actual digital product that users love and spread the word about. I think that's a, a crucial part. If you build something, especially a, a digital product, some you have to find a few users that love the product and that also love to tell their, their friends about the product. So you have the word of mouth effect. Actually, that was that what happened with, with Human. Um, so I I think the the decision I have some I remember thinking when I when I was I still study at university I didn't finish the the, the career but I I remember having some thoughts of when when I didn't have like a solid company generating with users customers um, and and those things I remember saying well okay if I don't have a company when I graduate I probably would go to to work for or a tech company at good Google or Facebook or or at McKinsey, I remember thinking about. So so I pretty it happened by just by track record and results and just by trying to build companies and eventually I got I got something I, I want to dedicate a lot of years in, in the mission of, of human. So I think it's if you try and and if you have an idea and you put a lot of work for some years in, in that idea, and um, if the idea is good, people like it, I think it, it will eventually go uh, start to grow bigger and bigger and bigger. And if you pour more resources, more people, more ideas, more time into that idea, it will, if the idea it works and, and people like it, it will start growing bigger organically because you are you are solving a problem in, in the market and there's people that have that problem. You you just have to find those people. Um, and I think it's it's just organic. You you don't have a time where you make the decision, I will be an entrepreneur. It's, it's just um, you you start doing things and, and eventually you came into something and you devote your whole life to it. That's very cool. I think a lot of people can understand where you're coming from with that. It is something that you sort of evolves out of you in a sense. Now, given your experience with different projects and um, different companies in the past, I'm interested in knowing how, as you were developing the human pro project, how did you sort of go through user testing or getting feedback on as you were developing? Was there a particular technique or did you follow your nose? What was your sort of movement for the product development? Perfect. It's a great question because we are building a product for big companies and the founders actually never work for any company. So that's, that's like a, a funny thing to mention, but we, we never, um, we always base our product in the feedback of our users. Uh, at the beginning of the journey, we had a lot of meetings with um, HR directors of big companies and big company CEOs. So basically, we were hearing the, the pain they, they was having. Um, so we were taking notes, uh, building prototypes, showing to them, use it, do you like it? Do you like it? What do you don't like? What would you change? So... Basically, the, the product was built entirely on, on user feedback and actually the user that was needing our product the most. So it was an advantage to, to discover early on who was our target customer, very, very defined uh, customer profile, um, and hearing from them, meeting with them, taking notes, actually learning, uh, hearing everything they say, asking why, why, why. So to really learn in the deeply and be deeply interested in solving that problem, we fall in love with the problem, not with the solution. So we are we we are not in love with some solution that we have. We just want the best way to solve the problem we are solving. That is that companies need to communicate digitally with their employees, especially employees that doesn't work from a PC or doesn't work from a, from a desk. They are in a plant, in a factory, operating a machine. They are in agriculture. They are in restaurants. Uh, they are in stores, talking with the, with the customers that come in. So they are like more like 
uh, on the field employees that those employees need to have the same relationship with the company like every company every employee every knowledge worker so we are probably turning blue collar workers into knowledge workers with with the technology we are developing at human with our mobile app that connects the whole company and builds an ecosystem that centralizes the whole employee experience in the company hr tasks communication digital community for fostering relationship culture uh, doing uh, receiving the pay slip doing some training um, all those things that an employee in the company needs to do but when that employee doesn't have a pc in front of them when they work all those things become very uh, much more difficult so we are solving that with with our mobile application in, in human it's excellent. I mean, it's a very much needed tool. Um, and to your point, uh, following um, the problem and falling in love with the problem, not the solution, is is critical to to any successful company. Um, to to the point you brought up um, at first in the last question on meeting with heads of these large companies and heads of um, uh, HR to kind of do your end user testing, um, to do your qualitative interviewing. Uh, how, how, do you, how did you end up accessing these folks? Because I know that is a challenge for some people. They may have a, a platform or a solution, but it's just getting in front of the right people at the right time. So would love to hear your thoughts on how you were able to do so um, to help kind of build and craft HumanEnd. Great, great question. So I think... Uh, there's not just one factor. I think there are multiple ways. I think one of the main reasons is because I went to probably the best uh, university of, of Buenos Aires. It's like the, for doing a parallelism, it's like the MIT of, of Buenos Aires. So when you go to that kind of university, you are very well connected. You, you talk with companies a lot. I also had the opportunity to, to lead um, uh, student organizations of entrepreneurship and innovation. So um, uh, me as the, I was in charge of the fundraising of that organization. So I had to talk with a lot of companies, a lot of uh, HR people, a lot of the directors to to actually raise funds for for the things we were doing in 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 that college organization. So that uh, that. I was building a network of contacts in, in companies without even realizing it. So I think that's one thing, being well-connected, being in the, in the places where things happen. I think that's other reason that I, I wanted to do the MIT bootcamp, to, to be in a place where things can happen. I think things happen where you are at the right place at the right time. Uh, probably that's uh, a big part of luck, but if you always put yourself at the right place and eventually the right time will will come so i think um, being in a good university um, building great relationships with people actually caring a lot about what the other people have to say i think if you if you are interested in other people you eventually will be uh, an interesting people because people are interest uh, are interested in interested people if that makes sense so i think that's that's one uh, one way of connecting with with people uh, actually i have some members in my family that are hr directors uh, uh, my uncle is actually an advisor of the company is the is the director of human resources of mcdonald's latin america and the caribbean um, my partner have also people in their family that are HR directors. Um, so they help us. It's not, nothing is like the, the thing that changes everything, but I think it's, it's a sum of all small efforts, all small uh, interactions. I write probably uh, 20 emails uh, or 30 emails a day to, to HR directors every single day. So a few of them actually reply and, and we start building a relationship. So that's where, that's how you start building a network in a space you're working on 
and learning about the people you're actually solving problems to. So just uh, have, an, have interesting things to say, be working on things that are actually interesting to, to that people and just reach out, reach out in, in, in a good way with, with great intentions. And if you, I, I think if you, if you do things with great intentions, if you just want to build a better future and you are doing it with a great team, with a great product, things will eventually happen sooner or later. Absolutely. And I think it's such an important skill to be able to manage your network like you do and grow it. That's very, very impressive. I think a lot of people, especially people like you and me, programmers, um, struggle with that sometimes. And so it's cool to see that you, you've sort of mastered the skill. Now, given the, the different projects and startups you've worked on in the past, I was hoping I could get an idea about how you go about deciding on team members. So do you, are, are there a criteria that you have in mind when considering your hiring your initial team? Uh, or do you have recommendations for entrepreneurs when who are looking to hire for key positions? Great, great. So team building, I think, is one of the most important things an entrepreneur can, uh, can have. Um, the, the first initial team, so we, we start human very, very particular because we, uh, we were building prototypes. We will, we, at the start, we were actually selling a prototype. We didn't have a product and we, we were talking with big companies just showing a prototype. So uh, back then we managed to, to close one really big customer with just a prototype. We actually compete in, in a tender. We compete against Facebook, Workplace, Globant, many consulting firms, software factories, other products that are competition. We have a lot of competition in our space. Um, so we were competing against all those companies with just a prototype. And somehow we managed to, to one. So the, that this big company uh, realized that we, we were held just a prototype. We were very young. We have uh, 22 years old, uh, uh, myself and my co-founder. So this company said to us, we love what, what you showed to us, but we need the, the first version released in 20 days. So uh, at that moment, we didn't have a name. We didn't have a logo. We didn't have a team. It was just my co-founder and I. Uh, we didn't even have a product. So uh, I think that uh, the, the biggest learning I had there is that the university is probably the best place to meet people to work. So what I did with that reply from the company, I talked with the smartest friends that I have at university, the friends that do a lot of things. So, so I have some meetings with them and casually uh, we built a team of four people. We work a lot, but the, the early, early team was just diversity. The, I think the, the, the smartest, crucial nature of the company things that, uh, because if, if one person uh, doesn't work or are, isn't motivated, it, it affects the whole team. So it's very important to, to be very aligned, uh, everyone working on the same on the same mission, very passionate, with very, with a lot of, uh, with a lot of responsibility early on. So I think that's crucial to building a, a great team. Um, and yeah, university uh, having uh, people of trust, like friends. Uh, when when you ask, for example, when you are hiring, you ask a friend you have who's the smartest person you know, and um, you go and chat with that smart person. And you you convince them, you you show the vision, you show the product, you show what you're doing, the track record. And if that person isn't convinced, you ask that smart person, okay, who's the smartest person you know for this role? So then you you go like with unlimited options because if everyone you interview, you ask them who's the smartest person you know for this, uh, eventually you have a lot of meetings with a lot of smart people to, to hire. So I think that's very crucial when you are building a team, culture, talent, passion, 
people who believe in, in the vision. Um, I think that's the main thing that come in my head to share about team building. That's awesome. Yeah. And and to your point, it's it's really just finding a team that works together very well and can all align on that singular mission and then drive it forward. So that's a really good use of, of your network again to, to really build the team as well. Uh, we actually have a question from Carlos. Uh, I think he's going to go ahead and, and read through it. So I'll pass it over to him. Carlos, it's all you. Thank you so much, Nico, for sharing your experience. And I wonder, how is Argentina in regards entrepreneurship and innovation? And also, how has been the feedback given by people in Argentina about digital products? Because let me tell you, here in Venezuela, when we talk about digital products, it is like a strap, uh, topic, and it's quite complicated to get a real or a honest feedback. Okay, it's it's a great question. I ha I think it has it has many areas to to expand to. But first thing, Argentina is a very good place and a very bad place. Depends on on what things you are looking at. We can't we can't focus our market only in Argentina because it isn't big enough. It's it has a lot of obstacles. It have a lot of challenges that make things harder uh, for. Uh, So I think there are a lot of talents in Argentina. Uh, so we love our team to be to be here. Uh, we love hiring people here in Argentina. We love the a lot of things about Argentina. But for building companies and to and to build a big company that we want to to build with with human, it's very difficult. That's the reason we are actually expanding right now to Mexico and to the the US um, that we are traveling now. So uh, I think that's. When you live in, in one of these countries that you mentioned, Argentina, Venezuela, or other uh, other uh, countries that are not that friendly with companies and, and, and have a lot of restrictions, a lot of challenges. So you have to think global from day one. And that's what we, uh, that's what we did with Humant. We think global from day one. Day one, we, we found this company. We know that we are serving uh, a digital product for the world. So that's that's one of the main reasons I'm very passionate about digital products because you just ship a product, you ship an app, you ship a website, and everyone in the world, it doesn't matter it, its country, its economic position, everyone has the same experience. And I, th I, found, I find that fascinating. So you need to just translate Your, your application, Human, is uh, available in Portuguese, English, and Spanish for now. Uh, we can ship and we can build digital communities all over the world. And there are very few things, very few things that actually change between countries. So I think you have to think, think globally. You, you have no choice because if you stay in your country, you won't be able to make something big and with a lot of, uh, with a lot of impact. And that doesn't doesn't only mean that you uh, won't have a big company but does uh, that also means that you won't have the best talent and that's very important when you want to innovate because when you are in software the the people the, the talent the the minds the the creativity the innovation of, of the people the the hours that they put in are what builds your product and it's the most important thing Our team at Humant is the most important thing. Uh, probably more important than our current clients. So I think that those are the the things you have to think about when you are in a country like Venezuela or Argentina. I don't know, Carlos, if you have another question that I didn't reply. Yeah, thank you so much. And by the way, I wonder, uh, do you have exchange control in Argentina? Or... It was uh, some years before. Yeah, we have exchange control. Uh, it's 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 probably a, it's very technical, but uh, yeah, we have exchange control and and it it hurt us a lot. That's the reason we are expanding internationally. Thank you so much, Nico.
Thank you for taking through us through that, Nico. I think it's very interesting to hear about the differences and similarities between different cultures in regards to entrepreneurship. Um, one one thing I was hoping to sort of get a little bit of a deep dive from you, if you don't mind, is if there were any times when you have had to make a major pivot or deviated from your plan on a project or business, and how did you go about that? Looking back, would you change anything about that experience? Very interesting question. I don't believe in big major decisions or big major pivots. Uh, I actually don't believe in that. I believe in micro daily pivots, micro daily changes, micro daily decisions that shape the future of your company. I don't believe that there's a, a day that comes an event and you have to take a big decision and that impacts you for the long term. I think daily you are building uh, the vision, daily you are you are building the, the future, the tomorrow. Um, it's a, the, I think the future is, is like a, a, a box of all the things you do in, in, in every day. So you are summing, 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 summing. And then you, every day you are building the, the next day. Every day I, I'm probably working on human six months from now. So the, the results I, I get uh, today or the things I'm executing today are probably be, be a reality six months from now, from now in human. So I think it's, it's not like, I don't think about big, few big decisions, but a lot of daily work that shapes the, the future. That's an excellent point. How, um, small small decisions can make big changes especially over time uh, i think we often re, uh, forget to realize that um, you can make a lot of change within a year um, but within a day you're always gonna um, overestimate the amount you can get done so making those small changes and, and using that as your guiding force and and to your point keeping that mission uh, aligned with those decisions um, can really have huge impact on an organization um, so a little bit of a, a shift in direction, but it sounds like Human, Humand has been uh, fairly successful up until this point, if not wildly successful up until this point. You guys are expanding into Mexico City. Uh, it sounds like you're launching into the US. It sounds like kind of throughout your career as an entrepreneur, things have been fairly um, successful. Uh, and so I'm, I'm a little curious about any obstacles you've faced within that, right? So any of those challenges you've had um, and how, they, how they've shaped you uh, a and then B. Um, what what advice would you give to others about that? Right, and approaching some of the challenges you've had throughout your journey. Okay, I think the the challenges you have to face is more like a mindset. You have to be comfortable taking risks because you are taking big risks all the time. When you have a startup, you have to uh, grow. By definition, it's not a choice not to grow. If you are not growing, you are actually dying when you're a startup. That's probably what differentiates a startup from a normal traditional company. You have to grow by definition. So if you have a startup and you want to grow, you actually, uh, every extra dollar that you have, you have to reinvest every time in human that we close a new client, uh, we close a new contract and we have more money, we actually hire more people. So so the the... The numbers get bigger, but the, the burn rate keeps going. So you always have to remain creative on how to grow, how to not run out of money. Um, so I, I think you uh, take taking big risks. And for taking big risks, you actually have to believe in a vision. You have to be convinced that you are building something that will make the future better. So... With that in mind, I think that uh, you will be more comfort comfortable taking risks if you do a lot of work every day. Just two things, talking with people, talking with actually your, your customers yeah. and building the product based on what your customers tell you. So I think that those are the two main things to 
actually be convinced and be building something people want. Because if you hear your customers, if you if you study them using your product, you see your product actually providing them value and you can support many, many other customers that are like your your current customers. Uh, it's just a matter of time that your product will reach other other customers and other customers. Um, and if your customers actually recommend your product and bring other customers inbound, is that's also a great thing. So I think when you when you are in the micro every day working and you start to see those things happening, uh, I think you got something. Um, when you you feel you got something, you you start taking more risks. Um, and it's a lot of work. It's probably stressful many many days. Um, there are days, for example, I I have eight calls straight one one by one and. Those days are not fun. Those days uh, you have to get up early, go to sleep late, um, probably many days in a row. So, but you do it because you you believe in the vision. You have a you you built a great team. You are committed to something, and you want to make that future happen. Um, so, it's it's not easy. You have to think always long term. When you want to close a customer, for example, and you 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 think about reducing uh, the price or or making some extra effort to close the customer, you you have to think long term because having that customer will bring you a lot more value. That, for example, uh, the short term benefit of of getting more money. So never we have a very clear culture of never sacrificing long-term value for short-term results. So I think it's taking a lot of risks, thinking long-term always, and actually building value every day with the tasks that you do. You have to be able to, to delegate, to put the best people in the, in, the, in the best positions, find the passion of your team up and put them there. For example, if you have a developer that loves uh, UX, uh, don't put them doing other thing. Just if you hire them, if because he's doing what he's passionate about, he's doing UX. Hire passionate people and put them in the best place you can. You can put them, and if if you find they do a great work, reward them in big way because the team in software is what makes things happen. So the team is one of the most important things. And when you take a big risk, the whole team is actually putting the work to be able to to take that calculated risk. So I think those are the things that come to my to my mind with that question. Thank you very much. I definitely agree with that, especially putting your employees in areas that they are passionate about. If you're putting them in a place like doing work that they don't at all enjoy, you're going to get so much lower quality work from them just because it's not something that they're excited to be a part of, you know? Totally love that point. Now, I was hoping to ask you a little bit about a sort of a topic that's going around on the internet at the moment, which is about remote work versus office work. I, I think like companies that are more technological are leaning more towards being able to do remote work post-pandemic. Um, what's your thoughts on this? Do you think it's reasonable or... What are any concerns you have? Okay, so I have two two things because uh, in Human we have we have an office. We actually uh, opened the office in uh, February 2020. So we got two weeks of fun in the office, and then everyone was at home again. That was very very funny, and we we found our our office in, in Discord, actually, where we are doing this. Um, Discord is a very great virtual office to have, especially when you are yet a small team. Um, and we actually do, We I think every company will find its balance. So there's not no perfect formula between uh, remote work and work in, in the company in person. So I think uh, our our formula that we are doing with human right now 
we are mostly remote, but we we meet at least once a week. We do what we call an office day. We we play some sports. We 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 eat some some food together. We work together in in a very in in an open space with a lot of nature. We we like to play golf. So so we we do like an office day where where we share a lot of things and not only work related things. We we work and then we go and do another things with with the team. I think that's great for the culture. Uh, it's very difficult to have an only remote company because connections between people are very much uh, strength when you are in person, when we are talking with someone in person, there's a lot of, there's other energy that happens when you're physically in front of someone talking. So I think every company will find it, its formula. Um, definitely uh, companies that want to came back to old normal working five days a week, eight hours a day in the office, traveling 40 minutes, half an hour to get there. I think that's completely obsolete. I think that uh, that's a thing from the past, but I think we will find uh, a middle point. Um, we are helping uh, with human to build that future we got because with, with providing a digital community for organizations, we are actually making them more remote because you have a tool to communicate to the whole company to communicate to a group of employees, to communicate individually, to 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 send any kind of content like a form, a training, a file, uh, a survey, uh, other kind of content you can serve instantly to to employees, and you can build a culture and centralize all internal communication, people management, culture, just in one place. So we are helping companies be be more remote um, and find a sweet spot between having some kind of in-person work and also doing a lot of work and providing a lot of value being remote. So I'm going to add a little bit to that as a follow-up. So um, as you're kind of working with these organizations, you're obviously, um, your platform's focused on digital transformation and digital change within organizations, especially it sounds like in, you know, ArcelorMittal, for example, steel manufacturing, a company that's not traditionally very digital. Um, so how do you approach kind of the change management side of things or the the resistance to change that people have as you're um, launching these programs with these organizations? That's a great question. We are pretty much innovating a lot in change management in the company because we build a product, it's not like SAP, for example, that you need six months and a whole team of people to implement it in the company. Um, so we we are innovating a lot in that. Human is very simple to implement. You have just you have to decide what modules do you want and touch small configurations among those those modules import your users by an integration or or depending what uh, what the company has as a database and you are up and running to just the, the employees to download the app log in and and be all connected so we are innovating a lot in change management because before when you implement a software like sap for example you have to uh, be six months working with a team uh, a technical team configuring everything. It's a very heavyweight application, human only. It's very lightweight. It's only uh, 25 uh, megabytes. So uh, I think there uh, is still a challenge to change management. It's more every company handles it differently, uh, depending their culture, depending their 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 state in the digital transformation process. But uh, we help in human a lot with that and we provide software that the company can quickly implement in their in their in their company and, and actually have a much more safe way to advance in their digital transformation process and serve better and provide a better digital experience 
to all their employees. That's awesome. Thank you, Nico. Now, we are sort of running into the last five minutes of our time. So I didn't, I just want to check, you know, treat your time with a bit of respect and check that you are able to answer one or two more questions. Please go ahead. Great. Now, um, one question that I sort of, that we, we do try to um, ask each week is we try to ask if you have any sort of big lessons or key takeaways from your journey or any words of wisdom you want to share with us. Very much feel free to interpret that however you, you feel best. Um, just like a very free form question for you to give us your wisdom. Okay. I think we have covered many things already about team building, vision, building a culture, uh, talking with, with customers. Uh, I think those are probably the most important things, especially early on when you are building uh, a company. But if, if I have to, for example, leave some, some things, is if you are passionate about what you do, if you really want to build the future you are building and you genuinely believe that that future is, is better and you are motivated by it and you are, you've built a great team, uh, you will have no problem putting in all the work, the daily work, the long hours and all the risks that comes from, from building a company. There are a lot. Um, so, but I think if you just genuinely have great intentions about building that future that is actually better for a lot of people and, and a lot of organizations, um, I think you you have you have something. Just find find a place, find an idea where you want to put a lot of years of your life, and if you consistently put uh, a lot of effort, a lot of time, a lot of resources into light into that idea and you build a great team and that idea actually you have validated initially talking with people that would benefit from that idea uh, you will you will grow slower more quickly but you will grow because you got something there's something there's someone that appreciates what you have and you will start to put effort and money and time and people and that will eventually improve. And if you keep going and if you keep taking risks, we'll grow and grow and grow and grow and serve more and more and more people, more and more and more organizations. So I think that's the, the key takeaway. But the seed of all of that growth of a startup, of a company is find the problem that you deeply care about and, and, and you are and you see yourself putting a lot of years for solving that problem. And probably in the early days, the idea will be like, it won't be everything clear. Uh, you won't have everything mapped out and roadmap clear. Uh, you, you start changing a lot by talking with your users. Uh, the vision starts shaping. Uh, for giving an example, we. We started Human just for the challenge of doing a digital transformation in one big company. And then when we done that, we realized that we got something a lot of company want. So I think that's the the main the main takeaway. And Human is a very is a big and complex product that uh, have a lot of engineering challenges. It took us uh, more than two years to build the product that we have now. So I think uh, it, it also comes that to, to the expertise you have in the team. We are almost all of us software engineers. So, so I think that actually helps a lot, but you have to deeply care about what you are solving because you won't be able to be, to be the best. Uh, with human, we want to be the best software of our category that is the intersection between internal communication and people management and uh, hr management in companies so we want to be the best there in that intersection in that category so i think that you have to find 
something like this, like that, and you have to put time to actually figure out if if you if you got something or not. There are a lot of things that can happen in human. Uh, we are burning money. We are hiring more people. There are a lot of risk involved. I don't know what the future looks like, but uh, we are uh, adding value to a lot of organizations, and, and we are having great response by by our product. So we are the small challenges you you go and figure it out how to solve it, but you have to focus on on the big and important things that is having a great team and putting a lot of years and a lot of effort and a lot of daily work in the mission in the problem you're solving and the users you are serving with your product. That's an excellent response and and great advice for for all those that are are currently on their entrepreneurial journey or just starting it or seasoned veterans. Um, I'm going to wrap it up with one, one final question here. Um, what, what's next uh, for you personally, for Humand? Where do you see the future taking you um, on your journey? Uh, and then where do you see Humand going as you grow and scale? I, I see Humand serving more and more organizations, implementing the product in more and more companies. I see probably the, the main challenge we are having right now, that it's a matter of time. We are internationalizing human. We are expanding to, to other countries. So that's, that's a, a, big, a, big, a big one for us. So I, I can only see human and, and the whole team uh, implementing in, in more companies and serving more, more organizations and actually um, working every day to advance to our vision, that is to bring all the people in the organizations closer together to for you to be able to, to be more connected to your organization because an organization is when you work for a company or you go to, to another kind of organization, it's very impactful in your life. Uh, so right now that everyone is at home, you need a place where you can connect with all those people in the organization and with your man, we're providing that. That's awesome. Thank you so much. And thank you so much for coming on today and sharing all of your thoughts with us. It was a pleasure for me. Excellent. Thank you so much. Have a good day. I hope everyone has a great day and evening ahead of them. Thank you so much. Thank you. Have a great day. This has been Nancy and Spencer on Founders Voyage weekly podcast. Our speaker each week can be reached through our Discord server. Our intro and outro music is from the song Something for Nothing by Reverend Peyton's Big Damn Band. We'll be back again next week for another episode. Until then, have a great day and continue your voyage.